0: The inviting aroma led to a dwelling, complete with kitchen, bed, study, and general living space. Dried leaves from prickly shrubs covered the floor in lazy piles. Drying herbs, spices, hanging garlic, and onions festooned its corners as if a festival had arrived. In a small side chamber, blue potatoes busted out of boxes as winter squashes patiently sat in large wooden frames. Fruits and vegetables, lumpy and smooth, irregular and perfect, ready to eat, lured Oksana. A compelling starfruit made its way into her hands. In the kitchen, a natural shelf served as the heart of the whole. Carved out of the rock, a basin spattered in dried mud rested in its far corner, with an ingenious sewer underneath that drained into a wooden bucket. A rustic bed, handmade, large, and comfortable, filled the last room. Above the snug bed was an oil lamp which glowed. Like a moth to a flame, she followed the light, sat on the bed, and scrutinized the thrift and industry displayed in the hovel. Much of the items on the walls and shelves were weathered from use and time, including a woven chair and lampstand manufactured from assorted bent tree limbs. The colors mirrored nature's palette of muted browns and ashen grays. To her astonishment, she found a cache of books and paper, small boxes of pens, ink, and rulers, and a faux study signifying its occupant was literate. Thus, the textures, staging, and hefty furnishings of the hut, from utensils and gizmos to thingajigs, worked a meticulous simpleness. As she sat to enjoy a chair, she noticed opposite her an unusual bend in the wall, where two more corridors led out. With the other entrances, she guessed, one may arrive by any means. Indeed, having seen Randall's backpack, his beast, the footprints, and three passageways, Oksana thought aloud, whoever occupies these rooms is tied to Randall's fate. Until I know more, I can't risk being seen. She moved to the pantry corner which offered the stowaway, strategic cover, and a chance to observe the three entrances. Her berth, furnished with fruits, provided such a pleasing bouquet, Oksana fell asleep after a few mouthfuls of raw potato. Thus, she failed to notice the faraway footsteps. When the commotion neared, she awoke with a start. As she peered into the open room, the three hollow passages resonated. Spirits, she thought when she saw no one. As she crouched into the gloomy recess to avoid discovery, her dagger loose in her hand, two figures stepped into the room's pale lantern light. Shadows obscured their faces. The first was tall but slightly bent. The second was solid, a place fit for a king—a hermit king. The latter taunted. Out of her hole, the girl straightened. At first, the sight caught both off guard until Oxana shouted, "Randall!" Oxana Sommelin, the red of the wetlands of northeastern fair, greeted her long-sought kin, Randall of the Lee. His cousin loved more than his own sister, and the last person he expected to see suddenly appeared before him. Oksana, he breathlessly called with excitement. Oksana, he repeated. A smile grander than the sunrise spread across his face. In two giant strides, Randall held her in his arms. The three demolished the hearty meal of small onions and greens with the strange root balls Turan called Edra. As they ate, the cousins reflected on their arduous odysseys, though Oxana withheld her summary of the bloody wars and the unmentionable slaughter of their families. As the meal wound down, Herpedros retired to his bed, but the pair remained at the table to enjoy their gossip. Randall's accounts of the perplexing events which preceded Oxana's arrival exhausted most of their evening oxana rejoiced that randall was safe but worried over his burns how did you come to find me randall asked with curiosity your post she returned your post described your soon-to-be taken journey which compelled me to find you your report buoyed my mood and validated my decision safe with randall oxana would not yet spoil their festivity when the time was right she would break her horrible tidings Resting on his bed, Taran perked up when Randall recollected his awkward meeting with the hermit. Eavesdropping, Taran listened intently to Randall's synopsis regarding the remarkable statue and the incomprehensible sphere, the orb of light, as Taran had called it. At the mention of his name, Taran rejoined the pair to supplement their conversation with his prerequisite, that is, the tale of the Capra. Finally he spoke about the orb. Never has it acted as it did with you, Randall, the hermit said. My conclusions as to why are but guesses. You left it there? Why not bring it along? Oksana inquired. No, no, Turan responded with pep. The orb lives in the belly of Jambres As caretaker and protector of the orb, Turan obsessed over his charge. As a dog guards his food, Turan would not relinquish his object. "'Oxana, you may not wish to believe everything he tells,' Randall said, "'tuning into Taran's fixation. "'He pointed his thumb at the reclining hermit. "'Claims to be six hundred years old.' Six hundred and sixty-four, sixty-four,' spouted the old man. "'See what I mean?' answered Randall. "'The accounts of the orb, its fire, my face, and how it spoke are accurate. "'However, Taran skipped to the foremost issue. "'What to make of that statue?' "'You are Tizri,' replied the hermit. "'That figure is John the Dauphin.' The great soldier king, I explained the orb in the simplest terms for your minds. Turan's haughty tone did not escape Aksana's notice. She turned a private eye to Randall for confirmation. His return look agreed. Nevertheless, I too have a mystery, Taran sternly countered as he sat upright. How did you acquire the exact image of the Dauphin? You are Tizri, but you are not the hermit pulled his chair closer to the table and bent his head towards Randall's ear, as if about to reveal a secret. As the orb has venerated you, he spoke gravely, I owe you more explanation. Before today, it stuttered when it spoke, as if a piece were missing from its throat. Yet now its clarity brings distress to my heart. Disappointment with a hint of awkward envy filled the old man's voice. Why is my identity to you critical? Randall inquired. Because of who I am, and the foretelling, Hermit answered indirectly as he sat back in his chair. Oxana noticed the light from the oil lamp reflected Teran's sweaty forehead. There is a prophecy, Oksana Oxana framed her question. Teran's lifestyle, that is, his extensive reclusive existence, immersed deep in his homage to the orb and his sentiment for the great Dauphin, had long dissociated him from his prophetic charge. Furthermore, Randall irritated him to such extent Turan believed his callous opposition to the Traveler was justified. By showing up as the forewarned omen, Randall had disrupted his peace, as one is unsettled by a servant's disobedience. However, Turan could not bear the weight of his defiance to one who walked in the shadow of the future. My intuition, he confessed, says to trust the one who bears the image of John the Dauphin. You have yet to answer my question, Randall reminded. I will make it brief, Tyran returned. Neither Roxana nor Randall believed the hermit, but he reiterated his promise and continued. Is this age the silver piece? Before was it the golden piece, and before that the regent's wealth? Strange how the realm defines itself. Yet tell me, what are you taught about the four-year plague which launched the fire wars? Well, your soldier king, John the Dauphin, emerged, Randall answered. For years he fought the Heartborns until he defeated them. The victor signed the Great Pact, Tran resumed. The world united to rebuild its cities. Yes, Oxena interrupted, the Reconstruction. The exalted Council of Regents, born to rule wisely and preserve the rule that John had formulated, erected the Tisri Trail. Is this not your history? Tran's earlier rants had always accompanied sluggish responses to Randall's questions, yet not now. Yes, in part, Randall said. But before the plague years, there are no accurate accounts. How is it you claim to know? It is my own recollection from which I speak. The cousins were silent in their consternation. Both shook their heads in disbelief, for no one could live so long. You've been generous, Randall spoke up, with your food and your lodging. Certainly your oldish tales are imaginative, but to credit you as an eyewitness would place all you've said in jeopardy. I realize this, Tran explained, but let me bend your ear one last time. The Capra has returned. Tran softened his voice once more. Several decades ago, at an uncertain point, the Banes held the first of the two nights. Since then, the Capra returns every five years, much like a comet revisits its home. Before the sun can fruitfully rise, dawn disappears into another night, and the Capra materializes. Its corruption pervades the sky with an emptiness. Indeed, night returns beneath the Capra's raven shadow. Neither Randall nor Xana believed him, which made Taran dilate with rage. You, yourself, he defended his truth, have seen the orb of light, and you do not doubt its life? Yes, Randall answered, I have seen and felt it burn me, and it has spoken as if alive, as you say. My kind are not like yours, Randall, continued the recluse. Sanji Shibero, the great elder Colossi, died with the rest of the folk, yet one Colossi survived, just one. As you are Tisri, Randall, I am what is left of the once noble Copper Colossi. You realize, Randall said, your tales grow only more inventive, Turan protested. Traveling through the jam door, the Tisrians found my mother, who then carried me in her womb. She was lost and despondent in her flight from the Capra's desecration. Their kindness was extraordinary, and the village at Jambismra became my father's and mother's when she died during my birth. When the last Hisrian abandoned Jambismra, I stayed to safeguard the orb. I carved the figure of John in that cavern. The hermit ceased spouting his questionable history and tottered to his bed. It is I who bear the transgression of my people, he murmured his confession as his head hit the pillow. Melancholy, from his exacting declaration, swept over Tehran, so engrossed in his own introspection. The cousins did not know what to say. May Oksana visit the orb, the last to change the mood and leave the hermit to himself. Yes, he grunted. The orb has favored you, the sullen caretaker grumbled. Finding their way through the torchlit halls, Randall and Oksana each speculated about the hermit's veracity. I completely doubt him, Randall summarized. I have yet to receive his answer on how to survive in the bohm. However, Oksana was unsure. The matter seems complex. A guess will merely fall short. At Path's End, they spoke no more of their reservations. The mammoth room had swallowed the freezing night air, and Randall attempted to close the door Turan had opened. Randall motioned upward and said, I've no clue how the hermit unsealed the shaft. Perhaps there's a great door atop the pit, which he manipulated elsewhere, she surmised, playing the detective. Randall pointed to the statue behind them, and Oksana's face went blank with the similarities. Randall left her to peer over the precipice and find the orb. At the bottom of the chasm, the orb's dull light revived his recent dread. It's down there, he whispered, as he shrunk away from the edge. Oksana left the stone likeness to join him on the chasm's rim. There, he repeated in another whisper and pointed. Oksana watchfully sized up the object. It's faint, like a faraway star. Oksana returned with her back to the hole. I suppose it would be difficult to get down there. The notion of hiking down the trail's spiral lane made Randall shudder. He did not immediately respond. Is it a coincidental semblance, he asked, as they both returned to the monument. You know, Randall, I haven't yet told you, Oxana interrupted his reverie. Yes, what is it, he waited. She did not speak. What have you not told me, he pried. Oxana sat down at the foot of the likeness and measured her courage. She drew two deep breaths to quiet the anxiety in her heart. There is a great and terrible war in the land, she declared with her head low. She was about to decant the demon. Our families are dead. Without thinking, Randall reached into his empty pocket and fingered for his missing stash of Macleisha's best.